Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, a proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network and the Fantrax HQ family. We're the podcast that you don't want to dump. I got my normal crew here. I got Tony Bradley Kilgore. I'm not oh, out. Oh, you're cheating. What's you're cheating. On? How am I cheating? You put my first name as his last name. I did that with Avery Bradley. Anything with Bradley in okay, there is yeah, fair you're right, game. You're right. John Bradley, right. the list. Yeah, of yeah. But I'm letting you know That's it fair. is it is very thin. It's very very thin. <laughs> it's going to run out soon. I got the I other guy. Heard that name before. Yeah, he's a current player too. So I'm surprised I didn't use that sooner. I got the other guy with me. I got James Worthy Lewis, aka Coach. What's going on? Wow, Game Seven, James. Uh, the James Robinsons are are knocking it out the park this year. Um, at my Washington football team uh, lost, but uh, it was a valiant performance last night. I was uh, I was I was very happy. I, I poured plenty of uh, Heinekens for Heineke, um, and um, no free it was ad, great, no free ads. Right, it, yeah. it was a great fight by the replacement, and um, at least made for an interesting game against the likes of Tom Brady. That's very that that's very true, and like Brad said, no free ads. But I wonder with that certain beer company if they had more consumed yesterday than any days in the last year or so. We kept it in house with with a guest this week, bringing in another member of the Triple Play Fantasy crew. You probably know him from the baseball one. We got Darrell Arthur Tornabeni, aka Little Cheesecake, the LC. And oh my, I've wanted to say that for a while. LC, how's it going? It's going pretty great, man. I love the Darrell Arthur reference. Always had a soft spot. There's not a lot of Arthurs around. So Darrell Arthur coming up and uh, and doing well for Memphis and Denver, you know, always, always liked him. Was he uh, Was he Kansas? Yeah, he was a yeah. stud. Mm-hmm. So, talking about a stud on there. Speaking of Kansas, we will have an interview with former Kansas forward Scott Pollard. So make sure you pay attention for that interview upcoming But, fellas, let's stick in the present because we have a great show planned for today. We're going to talk some fantasy basketball keep or dump. We're long enough in the season now where we have a sample size of whether it's time to cut bait with a draft pick of yours or ride it out. We're going to touch on some big-name players and their outlook the rest of the season. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. Which current or former player do you think would make the best head coach? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first... Some news and notes. News and notes, and oh boy, do we have a lot a lot to touch on. And I think you guys will get the sense that COVID is going to be a theme here, believe it or not. So tonight we are recording on Sunday, and the game between the Celtics and Heat has been postponed because Miami did not have the minimum eight players eligible, available because of ongoing contact tracing. The Celtics were set to have the minimum, so not a lot of depth on either side. Personally, as someone that plays basketball, I love when there's minimum players and more PT for me. But in this in, in this profession, it's good to have depth. But this is the second game that's been postponed so far this year, the first being OKC and Houston to begin the year. The NBA released a statement saying that they have no plans to pause the season. But my question is, and Brad, I want to start with you, should they go back to the bubble? 
Man, that's a it's a tough question, right? Like I think theoretically they already proved that the bubble works. They proved that, you know, if you take the right precautions, you can manage to avoid getting COVID um over a long period of time. But but the effects that that had on the players, the effects that that had on the staff that was working there, the amount of money it costs to do a project like that, I think it's a different task to do with a full, you know, a full staff, a full roster of NBA teams rather than just, you know, the 10 that were allowed to the bubble in each conference. So I I think I understand the the argument on both sides. I think if the idea is to make money, then they can do it how they're doing it now. And maybe, you know, we don't complete a full 72 games or maybe you got to move some games around and postpone something a bit. But I think they can do what they need to do this year as they're doing it, which is make the most amount of money possible. Yep. Capitalism trumps all. Art, do you feel the same way or do you think they should go back to the bubble? I mean, I think that the uh, I think Brad said it really well there. I think the bubble is the most uh, logical way to handle it if you want to keep games played at a, a maximum and uh, and infections at a minimum but it is asking a lot uh 72 games if they were to try to do that in some sort of a bubble i'm not even sure how they would do that uh would you do regional bubbles would you do you know um there must have been a bunch of different plans i don't think that that asking the guys to go into a bubble uh asking them to do that for five six months it's not really good. It's not good for families and all that. They're doing the best they can. And, and they've only, like you said, missed two games so far. I actually think that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting because when the NBA season was hit with COVID last year, it was towards the end. This time they're taking it from the beginning. And although it's shortened by 10 games, that still spans over multiple months as cases are surging in this country. Coach, do you feel the same way as the other two? Uh, yes, I, I have to agree, and I, my point is just going to piggyback on theirs. I think that the a bubble becomes logistic once playoff comes on again, and you got like half of your yeah. teams not there, and then you, you know you're not spending five, six months in the bubble. Um, and we saw what a toll that took uh, psychologically um, on the players. So I would think that you you want to consider it uh on the playoffs uh but right now just try to cross your fingers and if you have to postpone games um just extend the season maybe a a couple weeks uh but that's where i stand on that as far as the men's league's concerned seven is the perfect number of course yeah (laughs) right eight for playoffs just in case you need another i would i would even i would even go with six and and take minimal amount of breaks (laughs) I think it's a good point that coach brings up because we saw with the MLB, albeit they had a 60 game season that once the playoffs hit and you know, there was a, a lower amount of teams playing for contention, that's when they did the bubble. So maybe the NBA follows the paths on that. Next little bit of news. And we're, I told you we're staying with COVID. Kevin Durant finally ended his seven day quarantine period due to the contact tracing for the COVID-19 exposure per the NBA health and safety protocol Durant had the virus back in May, so as long as he continued to test negative, he should be good to play. Biggest name to quarantine to this point, but we saw Jason Tatum. He will now have to be quarantined for 10 to 14 days. This affected the Sixers the other day, and they had the minimum. Art, I want to start with you. Do you like the NBA and how they're handling this so far? There's not really anything else they can do with the way they're having to stack games, these one week and two weeks off too. They're 
can be talking about eight, nine games uh, for some of these guys. Um, but there's not really any other way to handle it. If you did something less and it went wrong, then I think that you would be facing even more criticism, even more, even more uh, uh, um, flack from the media and from fans. No, I certainly agree with that. And I think everybody agrees with what you're saying besides Joel Embiid, who's uh, decided to troll on Twitter today and I'm here for it. Coach, what are your thoughts? So I, I don't know this for a fact, but it's probably the first uh, COVID to be placed, COVID um, background player since Kevin Durant was one of the first people to, to get the virus to be placed in the. He's playing right now, by the way. He's playing today. Yeah, Kevin Durant. I'm watching him right now. Okay, so like seven days is like four games. It worked. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, and hey, a guy coming back from Achilles tear, like, you know, maybe a couple days wasn't wasn't the worst for him. It's unfortunate timing um, because of the Nets uh, have their two top stars out, stars out, Spencer Dinwiddie, of course, being out for the year in ACL. um, I I don't think that this four games are going to determine – um, they're whether they're going to get in the playoffs or not. I think the the bigger concern here is 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 Kyrie. Kyrie's taking time off for personal reasons, and from what I've heard is there's no explanation other than a text. A couple teammates, uh, head coach Steve Nash hasn't heard about it. The management hasn't heard word of what these um, personal reasons are. But to, to miss multiple games without um, consulting them, I think that. It's, it's, that's interesting. I, I already see Eric shaking his head. He's about to give a, a bad Kyrie take. I, I want to. No, no, I'm not going to let you. Hold I, on, no, hold on, hold I, on. Brad, you, you, go, you, go, you, go, you go and I'll, I'll piggyback. Are you going to go with politically driven? And no, 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 Brad goes, Brad goes, Brad goes first. Saying. And then Brad goes first. And I'll put the cherry on top to transition. I'm just saying, all we know is rumors right now. It says personal reasons. Let's let it just be personal reasons. I saw that that nobody knows where he is, and that's probably not true. The guy works for a billion-dollar company. They know where he is. He can't just go MIA without it being like a huge story like D-Rose was. Like it's, it's not a big deal. Let's not act like he's some problem child. All right, so – to, to wrap it up in two points, Coach, I think that's a great point you make. Someone that Kevin Durant, coming back from an Achilles tear, not the worst thing in the world to take a week off, especially in this condensed season. I think this rest is going to be helpful for players and holding up their body. And the second point of why I was smiling, I said in our bold predictions show with Justin <laughs> Rowan, I said, do not be surprised if Kyrie goes MIA during this season. And unfortunately, it looks like it might happen. Hopefully it doesn't. I know Kyrie is a big advocate for mental health. And if he's out for personal reasons, we obviously want those to get resolved. Thank you. Next little bit of news. Well, let's give Steve Nash a phone call, though, at the very least. We don't know that that's true. Let's let's write to everyone we know trying to find Steve Nash's number. But on a little non-COVID related news, the NBA is looking to add two potential expansion teams, which would cost $2.5 billion per each fee, according to Brian Windhorst. Each franchise would get a needed $166.7 million infusion of cash to help offset all of the revenue lost during this pandemic. That $5 billion windfall would be roughly 58% of what the league took in during the entire uninterrupted 2018-2019 season, and it would come with no associated short-term costs. But here's the caveat. Players don't see a cent of that money. This is a discussion for another day, but Coach, I want to start with you. 
if the NBA did expand, what two markets deserve a team? Um, and I, I think that I'm, I'm going to go with the, with the popular decision. I think I got the, the same answer as some other you. Um, let's just say it's not the worst idea. I really like love the return of basketball in Seattle. Yes. Um, yes. I, I love the move to Las Vegas. So let's talk about Seattle. They have a rich history. They won a championship in 1979 over our bullets. And um, they have fantastic fan support. Uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks, their fans are literally known as – the 12th man. So we don't uh, speak positively of Seahawks on any triple play platform. <laughs> just letting you know. I'm gonna have to cut you off right there. I didn't know that. Russell Wilson is like the, mm, the no, of, of no, the no, state. no. And Seattle's yeah, out. Which, which, Seattle, Seattle's wonderful. They have great fan support. I, I love the color scheme fitting in um with, with other teams. And then um Las Vegas, they've been successful with the WNBA's aces and knights already going to the championship in expansion, maybe in like two, three years of their existence. I, I do believe the knights went in their their first year. Lost that's to the right. Caps, yeah. baby. Lost and, to the Caps. Yeah, that's right. And then the and then the Raiders, uh, they, they have a beautiful stadium and they look like they have a home there in Las Vegas. And obviously, Las Vegas, Las Vegas is already a basketball town hosting the summer league. So I think I think Seattle and Las Vegas are my first two thoughts and I, I really didn't even think outside that yeah I love that, the, uh, I love that the sneaker head in you is talking about color schemes for a new expansion team that hasn't even come yet. <laughs> I mean, are, you going, are you going with the two that james is going with i actually i was gonna go with uh you know obviously seattle sonics but i want the baltimore bullets back man we should have two teams in the dmv area we deserve it and there's definitely a population base to support it you know Look at what's going on in baseball with the Nationals and the Orioles. So we know Baltimore and Washington can work. I'd, I'd love it, man. They're not approving any bullets in Baltimore. I'll tell you that. There's a reason why. <laughs> that's they, why the first one. Yeah, that's why they moved the first one. There's a yeah. reason why the D.C. got rid of the bullets in the first place. Um, although there is some sure. classic there. I do miss it. But, you know, we're in a, we're in a new world here. Yeah, you can't have bullets as a team name in the 21st century. Or what about you? You it, it seems like Seattle and then another city is. I, I think you have here. to go Seattle plus. And uh, Vegas to me is is a great place to spend an evening or two. But it's uh, it's 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 a soulless, weird town that you walk away from it going, <laughs> what happened? I kind of want, a, a, you know, a, a town that's that doesn't feel like it just popped up in the middle of nowhere to get this team. I, I mean, my big my thought was this is not realistic. Kansas City has uh the chiefs and the royals and they're hugely supportive of them maybe make them a year-round sports town so that they have something because they're they're great kansas has a big rich basketball tradition with the university of kansas and uh, they would they would be able to be in the uh they would push memphis i think into the east put two teams in the west put memphis in the east where they belong and then you could have a uh, balance it out that way Art, is this going to be news breaking to you that the Kansas City that those teams are in is in Missouri? Uh, I know Kansas City, Missouri is bigger than Kansas City, Kansas, but I think you can just like do it like a, a both like a, a joint team. Like, is it okay. are, are the Royals both are, are both teams in Missouri? I've always yeah. I've never known. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, I know because I I doing a little research. Kansas City. Kansas is like the 176th largest city. Kansas City, Missouri is 38th. They're right across the river from each other. So that metropolitan area added up is 214th largest. I may have done that wrong. I will say, um, Eric, 
it does kind of come at a cost as each team is going to lose depth and young talent when they can't protect or young talent they can't protect in an expansion draft of two new teams. So, you know, that means the teams that have multiple superstars are going to have an even bigger competitive competitive advantage. Yeah. The one way to combat a super team is to have depth that they don't have. So yeah. I think it will be kind of interesting to see what that does to the league going forward if they do pull the trigger on this. And that's a great point. And Brad, you took mine living in Baltimore, being walking distance to Camden Yards and M&T Bank. There's nothing more I'd love than a basketball team. I would waste so much money there. Yes, uh, I, yes, I know Co- I know, Coach and, and Brad would as well. Um, but you're right. And we haven't seen this since 2004 when the Bobcats, now the Hornets, uh, were an expansion team. So adding two would really kind of shift the balance of power in the league. I, I wanted to just say, lastly, um, I haven't heard any murmurs of Baltimore, but um, that, when you guys brought it up, I was like, of course, Baltimore loves their sports. And oh, you yeah. know, this area is so huge on basketball. There's, I mean, Baltimore produces a lot of NBA players. So I, I do like that idea. I think that the timing also kind of helps like dictate who's being a candidate or not. I know Adam Silver has talked about even like overseas professional teams, whether that's Europe, um, whether that's the Mexico. Um, it, he really he he's spoken about even like making this a little international. But I think with COVID right now and then them, I I see it a little bit as a money grab too. I mean, all the teams are going to get um, a, a, a certain revenue back in return on this. So I think that that could dictate who's in contention. Speaking of money grab, how how much do you think the uh, Seattle Supersonics domain name is going to go for? More than we're worth. (laughs) (laughs) But but just like in the song, Sweetest Girl by Wyclef Jean, cash rules everything around me. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Last little bit of news and notes. We do want to touch on some injuries. It seems like it's been that type of week. Markel Fultz tore his ACL out for the year. Same with Thomas Bryant as a Wizards fan, a huge blow. Fortunately, both got paid somewhat recently. Killian Hayes out indefinitely with a torn hip labrum. Darius Garland out a week at least with a shoulder sprain. But some positive news, Michael Porter coming back from the seven-day COVID protocol. Before we transition to our next segment, and anyone just chime in, since there have been a lot of injuries this week, is there anyone that you're targeting on the waiver wire regardless of position? Art, I want to start with you. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Killian Hayes get going down is going to increase the value of anyone who can distribute in Detroit. You could see an uptick in assists. Guys like D Rose might be on the waiver wire. He's going to have to get more run, although he is facing a, a bit of an injury himself. Um, other injury, like Cleveland's a mess. I think, uh, they have Exum also injured right now and you're not going to get Sexton. You know, Cleveland, you know, search around there. They don't have a lot of guys. Chetty Osmond, I'm not really excited about him coming in and and uh, and lighten up the world with statistically. Um, there's no no one no one particularly comes to mind after this. Uh, like I said, if you can get if D Rose is available and you can stomach a little bit of missed games here and there and, and minutes management, then uh, then maybe him. Yeah, and certainly if you're in a position of roster, uh, James. Like, any uh, any oh Brad, anyone you're looking to add? Yeah, I like um, Michael Carter Williams getting 30 minutes a night. He's kind of a he can give you a complete dud where you're you know you're pretty disappointed that you have him, but he can also get you a triple double. 
and I think that's a a nice little optionality to have when uh, for somebody you can get off the off the waiver wire. Yeah, a great point, Coach. Any you're looking at? Um, for, first of all, I got I got to do this, Doc. I'm sorry. Cash rules everything around me. Thank you. Thank the you. Mic. That, that's that's Wu Tang. I I'm just saying. Okay, example. all right. Call me out. Why clap, John? Call me out on that, but it also applies to that song. Okay. We, we, me and Coach have been letting you slide on some references lately. Last week, you Hold me accountable. It should be. We know where you are. It is hilarious that you even thought that Percy Miller was uh, Bow Wow's father last year. Uh, last uh, yeah, year. I forgot. Like Mike reference. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like, Cream get the Lyclef. I'm pretty sure that was Wu Tang. Um, it's, I think I think you got you got to take a look at my baby boy. That's Cole Anthony, right? Yeah, he's gonna lose you field goal percentage probably each and every week. He's not an efficient shooter yet, um, but he does he does fill it up a little bit. He does he does get you rebounds. He does get you assists. Um, he'll get you some steals. Uh, so I, I think Cole Anthony and he he's in that starting um, lineup. I like that for him for his progression going forward. I know that Orlando started off six and two. I'm gonna look for them to plummet. Um, when you already have Jonathan Isaac out, they're very thin now. Uh, if you have Vucevic or Aaron Gordon, hold on to them. They're going to be fantasy studs this year, mm-hmm. uh, especially very, Aaron Gordon. He's, he's an underrated fantasy uh, production player. Um, and then Killian Hayes, I, I feel sorry for that kid. He got the yeah. key kind of starting, and um, they were just kind of like let him go through through like the ups and downs. Uh, I think Jerry – is going to have career a career year. Jerry and Grant. He already is. Yeah, he had like 32 the other day, and um, it, I see his assist going to be probably a career high there. And then, man, I, I, it's kind of hard for me to talk about this, but and sex land backcourt is looking <laughs> a lot better than I thought it was. And and I even I picked up Garland. I know I've talked about their backcourt being trash, um, but Garland is uh it, man, he's just he's a spectacle to watch. I mean, he's dropping bodies. He's dropping dimes, um, so hopefully that shoulder sprain doesn't like hinder him or hold him back, uh, because that was that they're they're actually exciting and and Collins second uh, as a young bull, he's a bucket. Yeah, he's a, a mid twenty score, so like you know they're actually a, a better watch than than I ever thought or would ever give him credit for. Yeah, agreed, and, and depth has certainly uh, taken its toll on Cleveland. My a few people that you want to look at. I don't. I'm not someone when Thomas Bryant gets injured. I'm saying, okay, who's the Washington center that are going to take minutes? Because I don't think Mo Wagner or Robin Lopez are going to provide the numbers that Thomas Bryant would have. They suck. Um, but I, I think you're you want to look at see people like Bobby Portis and Kem Birch. They're both been getting increased minutes. Bobby Portis is power forward and center eligibility, and they're people that can get you double doubles any night. Uh, so definitely contributing to points, rebounds, and the occasional block. But do you like hearing about people you should pick up? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. Want to hear more on Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about holding on to us by giving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Myself and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. David being a thirst for attention and our weekly episode drops. You know that feeling when you debate holding on to a player, you ultimately keep him and then he goes off. 
That's the feeling we want to provide. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. All right, fellas, main point of the show, fantasy basketball, keep or dump. So everyone has limited roster spots in their league. Cutting, adding, or keeping players is a decision that many of us battle back and forth with. It's what keeps us up at night and occupies our minds with our significant others at dinner. (laughs) We're going to discuss a lot of players here who are on that bubble. Are you going to keep them and hope things turn around? Or are you going to do what most guys do first thing in the morning and dump them? There are different types of leagues, so these players' may value may change depending on the format. So we're going to go around Robin and kind of give our thoughts on the players. And the first is... audio. What'd you say? I'm going to dump that audio. <laughs> there we go. Way to, way to use the pun to it. The first guy, and this is actually Art, somebody that Art cut bait with in our home league, so I want to see if your opinion has changed. And that's Hassan Whiteside. If you could take the move back and you have him on your team with Rashawn Holmes being injured, would you keep him or would you cut him again and take a second dump? Um, I, you know, he, he, he faced three straight DNP coach decisions there. I, I mean, he, I, I think for me, I, I'm like uh, Dr. Tobias Funke on uh, Arrested Development. I'm, yes! I'm, I'm bi-curious about Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> um, I'm looking into him. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out, uh, what his minutes are going forward. He, this is, he's a, he's a sulker. I, I don't like his attitude, but he's also, he, he wins the JJ Hickson award. He puts up, he puts up stats. Wow. What a in, reference. I haven't in, heard that in a long time. In, in low minutes. Cause he just goes and grabs rebounds and fights people on his own team for rebounds. And, you know, uh, so he puts up stats, you know, he's that's the JJ Hickson award. Uh, so I, I think he's valuable if he's getting time. I mean, I don't know if Holmes is out there, if he's getting the time though, that's, that's my problem. I, I, I don't think Walton loves him. Yeah. Luke Walton definitely has his favorites. Maybe he saw the video of Hassan Whiteside in Miami where he pretends to be Superman and just runs around the locker room in circles. And he says, I won't have that type of immaturity on my watch. Coach, Hassan Whiteside owner, you are. Do you keep him or are you dumping uh, him? I'll, I'm dumping him. Um, yesterday, he actually he played 24 minutes. Of course, he grabbed uh, eight boards, 11 points. Yeah. But it was because Holmes was out. So yeah. if, if there's an injury there, if Holmes goes out or Bagley um, spends some time hurt, which is it's possible, keep him on your watch list. Pick him up when that happens. And then you can have him, and he can produce high with your field goal percentage, blocks, uh, and and rebounds at a high rate. Um, but in the meantime, there's no reason why he should have a roster spot on your team. Dump okay. him today. Okay. All right, Brad, Brad, you following this dump train and dropping Hassan Whiteside? I'm, I'm with Coach, man. Yeah, he's a dump candidate for me. I think Rashawn Holmes has always been someone who's a great points per minute and a usage guy, but he never got started his minutes. But this year he's getting near 30 minutes a game right now. And that makes Whiteside irrelevant to me unless there's an injury or, you know, a quarantine situation. So, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably dumping Whiteside. All right. Well, I'm going to be in the minority here and I would hold Hassan Whiteside. So coach mentioned he had played 24 minutes yesterday. He had 11 points, eight rebounds and a block. The last six seasons, he's averaged a double double. It's not like, oh, it's balanced out. He has had a double double those last uh, those last six seasons, averaging close to two blocks a game. He might not be getting the minutes now. 
I would not be surprised if a contending team tried to trade for him. I know that obviously he's he's fluctuates, but he is just way too tall a player and way too talented to keep receiving these DNPs. I think if anybody offers something to Sacramento, um, that he will get traded and that he will have value. I don't see him being a reserve or a coach DNP player at this point in his career. I just thought about it. Washington should try to trade for him. I think it will take too much to get him. That is that is not a bad idea. You're two and eight. You just traded a future first for Russell Westbrook. You're so close to winning that championship. Just keep giving picks away. Well, not a first round, but slide in a, a you know maybe a second or cash considerations. Corey Brown, but, but I mean, what wouldn't you rather? Would you rather have like a second round pick or Hassan Whiteside? Uh, I'd rather keep as many picks as possible. They're two and eight. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. How many? Are times you, scared? Are you worried about the Raptors? Sorry, am I, am I worried about what? Are you worried about the Raptors? Mm, kind of. No, you're not. Kind of. But you're not. You're not that worried that you you think they're. You're, you're, but, the, but the Raptors. Athlete. But the Raptors won a championship a couple of years ago and have a, been. They had Kawhi. Yeah, but they've been a pretty stable organization. The Wizards have not, but that's a discussion for another day. I want to switch to a probably big name that we never thought we'd bring up, and that's Blake Griffin. So, Coach, are you keeping or are you dumping this former star? Uh, uh, I was going to say that I, I don't know the last time the Wizards hit on a, a second-round pick, but, again, that's a, a discussion for another day. Uh, Blake Griffin, man, if I have him, I would try to – trade him in a package immediately like like do a star star and then throw in sneak in Blake Griffin because um he holds he holds value when he's when he's healthy he's just he's just not durable and he misses a game this week it and sometimes it's it's weeks but sometimes just a game here and here and that that costs you a wins especially when you're in a category league or you're in points league you, you know you could lose that week um he's not worth a headache if you have an IR spot and he's he's out for long term, maybe and there's like three spots, maybe hold him there for a second. But I I don't want anything to do with uh, a Blake Griffin. Although when he is healthy, he definitely provides. He, he had a game this year where he hit eight three pointers. So I mean he is legit. He can fill it up, but he's just always hurt. And I don't I don't like players like that. And for fantasy, no, that's that's a great point, Brad. Are you expressing the same? No, not at all. Blake Griffin, somebody I believe will heat up over time. You know, he's still knocking some rust off. I know what he's been in the past, and I refuse to believe that this is an offense that's going to have Jeremy Grant as a centerpiece, even if he is playing well right now. Um, I don't think you should drop Blake Griffin. He at least has trade value as a nightly triple-double candidate when his minutes get back up since he's on a rebuilding team and he's who they'd go through. I think he's somebody you need to either hold on or trade for somebody like like coach said in a package where it's star for star don't it shouldn't be someone you have to like get off your team in a hurry okay all right so we have our first kind of disagreement i like it art what about you as a jerry and grant owner you have the most valuable person in detroit but does blake griffin have some value even being the second most valuable yeah absolutely Uh, i think griffin is a definite keeper i think if if you're sitting thinking that you might want to trade blake griffin Someone is going to give you something for him. You, someone is going to give up some piece of value. Don't just drop him. He is, uh, you know, he. You have to deal with some load management with Blake, but in 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 Detroit they don't have uh, they don't have uh, Killian Hayes. He he's a playmaker for him. He's averaging five 
four or five assists a night. He's a, he's a, you know, kind of an injury prone mini Jokic almost. He's not a great rebounder, but he's a good assist man. Good, good, uh, good a scorer. So he's not nearly, not quite as good, but he's, he's old and a little bit more injury prone. But I, I think he's like a mini Jokic when he's playing right. Cause he's such a good facilitator in the offense. He could shoot a little bit, he could score and he's a decent rebounder. I think that, you know, if you can deal with his load management, then you can have a successful player for when he's out there. But you know, a lot of people don't like to manage their teams that much. They don't like to deal with that hassle and checking at, you know, 5 p.m. every night to make sure Blake is actually going to be playing. That might be too much for some people. And if so, I think you can get some some value in the trade market for him. Also, so, Cheesecake, I want to point out, um, if if your team is deeper, like there's more bench spots, it, it's more of incentive to keep somebody like that. But if you only have a couple bench spots, like three, uh, it, that is hard because you're just you're, you'll be missing a lot more games that way. Mm-hmm. So so here here's my thought is if you can get anything for Blake Griffin if there's somebody that holds that name to have some value in your league, I have no problem trading him. But if you can't, I have no problem dropping him. He's averaging 14.5 points per game and 5.7 rebounds. So he's he's doing he's providing some scoring, not much rebounding upside. He has no blocks this season. So he's not going to give you any bit in that category. He is coming back, as, as mentioned, from knee surgery last year. So he is going to be on that minutes restriction. And I look at some of the underlying stats this year. He's averaging 12.2 shot attempts per game. That's the lowest of his career. He's averaging uh, 38.4% from the field. That's the second lowest of his career. The lowest was in the shortened season. Um, he's shooting more three-pointers, but that's not necessarily translating to success. this year, which is the second lowest of his career. Uh, He's turning 32 in March. A lot of his game was based off of athleticism and pick and roll with Chris Paul. I don't think that if if his name wasn't Blake Griffin, that we would hold him in that same regards. Once again, if you can get some value for him, certainly move him. But I don't think he's going to ever give you a 30 and 10 night consistently like we used to expect from him. No, he did. But like Friday, he played 40 minutes and went 16, 12 and eight. He went 32 minutes today yeah. as well. So it looks like they're starting to take some of the restrictions off him. And like, like Brad said, I think there's some rust. I like him, but I definitely understand. Like you look at him and go, that guy's breaking down. He's not going to give me consistent production, but I like what he gives you when he's in there. And I definitely think even if you just want to try and get someone who's young and promising for him, you might, and it, rather than drop him, someone's going to give you something for Griffin. Yeah, yeah he should also get some credit the fact that he expanded his range. He, I mean, he is a three point threat, and um, he, his career numbers last year. And like I said, he had a game with he hit eight. And back in the, the CP3 Clipper alley oop days, um, he was not a, a shooter. He was not a three point threat at all. So he has he only dunked he only dunked the ball. But and for I, every I think- for every you know few games that he has to sit out for rest you're gonna get a 25 and 5 or a 30 10 and 5 like he's just he was once a superstar and it's easy to forget about a guy like that in the nba when there's new superstars every year it feels like but he's a guy that can really fill it up and i think he's worth the hassle there's not that kind of replacement value on the market okay all right i, I like the different viewpoints we're going to transition to the next guy and this is a homer guy and a little bit more interesting now because of the injury to thomas bryant and that's Davis Bertans. So cheesecake. Like I want to start. I want to start with you on this. And I, and Brad, believe me, I'll I'll finish up with you. But <laughs> Art, 
Bertans has been a little disappointing so far after signing a five-year 80 mil extension. Um, but are you hoping for better days now? Oh, I'm, I'm expecting it. He's too good of a shooter to stay at 32% for three. He's been 42 for the past uh, two seasons. Last season, he was shooting almost nine a game, making 42%. That's a special shooter. He's not, I'm not going to try and classify him by comparing him to other shooters, but you know, guys through, go through down seasons. Like he could go shoot seven, eight a game and shoot 37, 38%. That's still really valuable. And that's a down season for him. And I think that, you know, Every once in a while, even great shooters, Corver had a few seasons where he was in the upper 30s in the beginning of his career, and I and I don't and I don't expect any different from a guy like Bertans, but he's going to keep shooting because he knows he's a good shooter, and that 32 is going to bump up. So I've I've I, I'm I'm not expecting him to be droppable on any of my teams. Just like guys say when trying to hit on women, shooters shoot right. <laughs> Coach, what about you as a Wizards fan? What you doing with the Latvian laser? To be on, to be quite honest, uh, Davis Bertans has been very, very disappointing to me as a fan uh, watching, and as an owner, I own him in, in one of my leagues, um, and I'm seriously considering the drop on him. He really provides nothing wow. outside three point shooting. He does. Don't do that. I will trade you for him. He doesn't get assists. The only time he is even a part of the game is when. Somebody gives a, a, a butt assist, meaning like they put their butt out and they spoon feed him the basketball for him to shoot it. And, you know, it's going to go up if it goes in. Good. If not, we just wasted a possession down on the other side of the court where we're going to get scored on uh, five years. 80 million is looking like a, a bad contract. I he can't guard a park car to quote uh, uh, Bradley Beal. Uh, I, I, I'm really I, I'm really on the fence with uh with Bertans and um, it's, it's sad because I, I want it to work. It's cool. Sounds good. Yeah. He can shoot, but um, it, Duncan Robinson can shoot, but he can do a lot of other things as well. This guy can't. And Maybe. so I, I I'm, I'm off of Bertans and um, wow. in my other league, I, I'm probably going to put him on And this is a deeper league than the one that us four are in. And I, I'm, I'm probably going to put him in uh, that free agency class and whoever wants to waiver him, go ahead, get him. Maybe he needs a change of scenery, i.e. traded to a fantasy team in our league to turn some things around. Brad, I don't know if uh, Davis Bertans is a baby boy, but no, I know you're a fan of his, so the floor is yours. I don't know if you remember, but I was saying, like, if I had to, I would pay him the max. Like, I think he's that kind of shooter. He's oh, we that remember. kind of player. We remember. Yeah, like, I'm telling you, like, this is a guy that, he hasn't like he didn't play in the bubble. You know, this is a guy that has not played basketball in a very long time. Over this over the break, he had COVID. He's just now getting off of his minutes limit coming back. He's shaking off rust. He's a guy that's finished in the top six and three pointers made in the last two years. He's a guy that shoots over 40% three. Those are, you know, Ray Allen, Steph Curry type numbers. You know, it, it, he can get you boards, he can get you assists. I'll agree with James that he looks a little slow and he he can't guard anybody right now. And that's a little newer. Last year he was moving around a lot more fluidly. Um, he was, you know, coming off the ball really well, moving without the ball really well. And that kind of added an extra element to his game. And like you said, now you have to set, you know, butt screens for him, which is, it, I don't love it. I don't love it, but that's something I, I attribute to Rust 
And I think, you know, he's a guy that you don't need to be worried about. He's, this is just a slow start and he's going to come back and, and be the guy that we, that signed an $80 million deal. He averages three rebounds and one assist. It, it gets, he gives me nothing. Like anybody want to send me a trade offer? Actually, I'm in this league. Huh? So, so, so my thoughts on him was he was a cut candidate before the Thomas Bryan injury. He's averaging 11.2 points per game and 2.5 three pointers made along with those three rebounds. So that could go up with Thomas Bryant being gone because Bertans is 6'10", 6'11". I know that he's not necessarily a post player. But keep in mind, the Wizards can't guard a parked car, referring to Bradley Beal and coach. So they're going to be playing in high-scoring games, which means more scoring opportunities. So I think with the injury out now, they're going to rely on Bertans maybe a little bit more, somebody to maybe look to hold another week. Or if somebody is a believer like Brad, sell high while the opportunity is there because if he doesn't – add anything more with the Thomas Bryant injury, it's probably not going to happen this season at least. Let's transition to a guard now, and that is Lonnie Walker the fourth, a member of the Spurs. Coach, what are you doing with him? Um, not someone you should own now, especially with um, James White coming back. Uh, but uh, he uh, is someone you should keep on your watch list. He's going to be productive. He's good. They go up and down the Spurs now. Uh, I like him. A lot. I like his trajectory. But again, with the Rosen, DeJounte Murray and White, uh, I just don't see him getting enough minutes to produce enough. If injuries happen, if they trade one of these guys, uh, he should be somebody on your watch list for the rest of the year, but not someone you should currently own this week. Yeah, great point. Great point. Brad, you feeling the same? Yeah, he's somebody I find to be a beast of a player, but he's not getting usage that I want or expect on the Spurs. And they're using him to guard the opposing team's best guards, so he's exerting a lot of energy on the defensive end. Pop had him guarding Kawhi all game a couple nights ago. So I'd drop Lonnie or trade him until they get rid of DeRozan, Aldridge, or Rudy, and let Murray, Lonnie, and Keldon Johnson have the keys of the franchise. But until then, he's he's not really an option for me. So I know Murray, Murray is exceptional for fantasy. I know that's oh, yeah. not the topic, but Murray just loads all the stats. He had 14 rebounds yesterday. Fantasy darling, you can't be lazy and be on a pop team. Everybody gets boards on that team. Cheesecake, are you feeling a little bit different about Lonnie Walker or are you letting him walk to Dumpsville? I, I, I'm letting him walk. You know, he's very Spurs-ish. You, you see him, he's, his scoring is up 6.4 to 11.8 this season. But his, his assist to turnover ratio is really like Bruce Bowen. One, 1. 1.5 assists to 0. 0.7 turnovers. It's like... He doesn't touch the ball unless he's putting putting up a yeah. three or standing in a corner. Yeah, he, he's he's a three and D right now. Uh, he's just not getting a chance to play make. Uh, and uh, Keldon Johnson, if I'm going with the wing in San Antonio, Keldon's the guy I'm going after. He he gets more rebounds, he gets more assists, actually more steals. I love I love how he started. Yeah, great point. I'm letting I'm letting uh, Lonnie Walker walk as well. Um, his stats have increased each year in terms of his points rebounds and even his minutes um but i don't think he's roster worthy yet i think if you were in a dynasty league he's a good hold because as brad mentioned when one of those spurs go out i think it's going to create a shorter rotation even if something like COVID comes out he's just not putting up the consistent stats now in a head-to-head league or the overwhelming amount of points in a points league to really make an impact unless you're in a super deep format the next is a popular pick, not only among the basketball community, but the media as well. And that's Kuz. 
Kyle Kuzma. Brad, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's a he's a dropper trade for me. He was a fringe drop last year when he was the team's third option. And this year, I think they want him to be the third option still, but they've got enough talent and depth now that it simply won't happen most nights. So he's one of the, he's one of the guys that I think is a better real player than a fantasy player. So I'd probably he'd be on my fringe drop list. Okay. All right, we're going with the theme of dropping people. Art, what about you? Are you gonna be which which celebrity dated Kyle Kuzma? Was it Kylie Jenner? Oh, I I don't know. I have no idea. He dates yeah. is supermodel Winnie now. Okay, there was I think it was a, a Kardashian or a Jenner that he dated and yeah. dumped him. So are you going to be like that celebrity, or are you going to take a chance and keep him? Oh yeah, I mean Kuzma's just not getting. He's not he's not handling the rock. His free throw attempts are down to under one a game now. He's had six free throw attempts in ten games so far. He's not putting up the shots. His shot attempts are down this season. I mean, his three-point shooting's better than it has been. He's up to 38 this year, but his career, I don't. I mean, he he hasn't been over like 31 for two se- for two or three seasons. So, I mean, you can't expect him to be a shooter, uh, like a great shooter. And I just don't think LeBron is going to pass it to him unless he's hitting 35, 36. I don't think he's he's going to be putting up great stats. Uh, and I think with with them, you know, they you know LeBron pounds the rock, passes the ball. And, and unless you're knocking down shots, he's not going to pass you the ball. I don't, I don't see him getting a chance really to, to produce too much this year, actually. That's true. And they've kind of built that team around LeBron and AD, and everybody else is complimentary players to that. Coach, yeah. what about you? Are you keeping the media star? All right. So I, I was like, it wasn't Kylie, what? It was, it was Kendall Jenner who dumped him. Kendall uh, Jenner. Yeah, yeah. The, other, the other Jenner sister. He also got dumped by uh, – Katia Elise Henry, who is currently Tyler Hero's girlfriend, and the gossip podcast now. Just a hey, just Google search that name. I mentioned her last week, uh, but he, he, he I mean, he, crush. He does have Winnie Harlow. She's a supermodel <laughs> herself. So I mean, I, I think he'll be just fine with the females. But as far as fantasy is concerned, cut this guy, dump him. He's wildly inconsistent. I feel like he's in his own head. When he's confident, he plays well. But the next night he comes out, he's feeling himself, and he, he drops a dud. I don't want any parts of him. I mean, yeah, he can – if he's if he's locked in, he's going to give you points, some threes, and maybe some rebounds. But he doesn't fill up the stat sheet at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm a – he cut Kuzma all day, every day. I want nothing to do with him on my fantasy team. Yeah. And Schroeder, by the way, is by, by far the, the the third best player on the Lakers. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm dropping Kyle Kuzma. His career points per game, his first four seasons, 16.1 and 18.7. And then after Anthony Davis arrives, it drops to 12.8 and then 10.6 this year. His rebounds have gone down each year from 6.3 to 5.5, from 4.5 to 4 this year. It's interesting because when L.A. traded all the pieces – for Anthony Davis, you know, they gave up um, Brandon Ingram. They gave up Lonzo Ball. They gave up on D'Angelo Russell earlier. They let Julius Randle walk. Kyle Kuzma was the one they kept, which makes you think that they believe that he might be that one to get an isolation bucket or the, that good complimentary piece. And they really have shunned him out from really kind of growing as a player. I have to wonder if he gets traded at any point. I know he did just sign an extension. Um, but we're going to transition to another young guard who yeah. hasn't got who hasn't gotten an extension yet, and that's Anthony Edwards, my darling rookie 
who is doing pretty good, um, maybe better than LaMelo Ball, but that's, another, that's a discussion for another day. I saw Coach look. This is a discussion for another day. I just wanted to get a reaction out of you. But I'm going to start with Art on this one. What are you doing with the number one pick? I, I, I'm dropping him. He's not really an efficient enough player right now. Uh, I feel like he'll eventually be a starter there, but they're keeping him on the bench, which seems like they're they're you know starting him with some training wheels, which might be the right move for him. But you see the athleticism, you know why they took him there. I just don't think he's efficient enough right now to to really to really roster him. Okay, all right. Well, I wasn't expecting you to break my heart, but that's fine, James. I'm going to go with you, and and we'll, don't worry, we'll, we'll touch on Lonzo Ball and Edwards at the end of the year. Don't worry. Let's Lamelo, Lamelo. Let's touch on LaMelo today. I mean, he's the youngest player in NBA history with a triple-double and 21 points. But, point but LaMelo is rostered. He doesn't fit into the theme. Yes, but this just happened yesterday, and it should be noted, in, especially on a fantasy basketball pod that we talk about LaMelo Ball, balling out of control, showing up his brother the day before on ESPN. But with that being said, I know that, that he's the biggest bust of all time. Um, and, you know, it's been noted – Anthony Edwards was my bust, right? And um, he's a free agent in my Yahoo League, and I've thought about him. I mean, he's a guy that's gonna he's gonna have thirty point games this season. This season, but I, I gotta I gotta agree with Cheesecake. It's just inefficient. He shoots so many shots in his limited time that he's on the court, and it's not even limited. He's playing minutes, um, but he doesn't he he misses a lot more. Than he makes, and he doesn't provide you anything else. He's not rebounding. He's not giving assists. He's he, he might get you a couple steals. So um, low field goal percentage, maybe getting you points. I'd rather go with like a Jordan Clarkson if I want a bunch of points in in nothing else than um, Anthony Edwards. But uh, yeah, he's just he's just not of the winning variety, and I don't like even it's fantasy. I don't like players like that on my team that I don't like how they're game is in person well you, well you are just a strict general manager aren't you all right brad <laughs> all right what are you what are you doing you keeping mr edwards he's playing way better than i expected um he's not a source for anything but points and threes but he's starting to earn close to starters minutes now and the more run he gets i think the more he's going to grow and develop and he's athletic enough to go get boards so as he you know carves out a role f- and for himself within the team He's going to have more range to do things other than, you know, what he was basically drafted for, which is to be athletic and shoot threes. So uh, he's a player I think you should keep. And toward the middle end of the year, he's going to be a bona fide third option in that offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Brad. I think you keep him as long as Carl Anthony Towns is out. Basically, the three main scores on that team are in the backcourt with Malik Beasley, Russell and Anthony Edwards. Cat is back. He came back last night and played. And, and Anthony Edwards actually – he had a turnover basically to lose his team the game. But I did see Rubio pick him up. Rubio made him the pass. And I like Rubio for him as far as a growth and a mid yeah, and a leader. Uh, but, yeah, Cat is back. And um, he had – I think he had 24. And, like, and Coach, he's, he's coach it says something – it says something that he was even in the position to lose his team the game. Like, he can take that shot. He thinks he's the man and he's going to do it. Like, he's – He's a talented dude, and the, I, I, I was low on him. I, I, I thought he was going to be a little too immature, but he's proven he's, yeah, he's that guy. He can do and, it. And, and just to wrap this out, I mean, he's averaged 18 over his last three games. As Brad mentioned, he's playing starters minutes. He's averaging about 30. And I think 
Minnesota is going to rely on three or four people to score the ball once again, and a team that doesn't seem to play a lot of defenses and engaged in these uh, high-scoring shootouts. Last couple I want to touch on here. Coach, I'm going to start with you as your Maryland fan, and that's Kevin Herter. Atlanta has been decimated by injuries, notably to Gallinari and Bogdanovich, who just fractured his right kneecap. Kevin Herter, mostly known as a three-point shooter, but are you going to keep him? Um, I honestly don't know how many people do own him. I think he's probably like around 25 to 35% owned. Uh, I think he's, he goes in that watch list with Lonnie Walker, although he's more productive statistically around the board. Um, I love him. He's chills as a player. Um, I'm probably not going to pick him up on my team though. I'm, I'm going to look for other people on Atlanta to kind of step up on that role, but um, he's going to have productive games. He's just not going to, he's not going to win you weeks. Um, and although, like, like I said, I like him, I would love him on my team, but, uh, fantasy wise, I, I don't have a, a roster spot that's going to fit Kevin Herter. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, you must really not be high on him coming from a fellow Maryland, uh, state or Maryland alum or resident. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't catch my words right now. So I'm going to transition to Brad. He'll pick him up. <laughs> I actually don't have a lot of words, man. Herder's not even on my radar. I think he's talented, but he's not a consistent source of counting stats. And that Atlanta team is such like a crapshoot when it comes to consistent scores. It's just Trey Young and and John Collins. And then the third guy could be anyone from Bogdanovich to Cam Reddish to maybe Herder, maybe, you know, who anybody really. So you are disrespecting DeAndre Hunter so much. Or well, DeAndre I think, Hunter. I think everybody, the words out on DeAndre Hunter, you got to have him. Um, but I think the the guy that to more to watch is is Cam Reddish here. I think Reddish is the guy that if you're going to look at somebody to pick up, maybe him. I definitely value him over sure. her. He's definitely in fantasy. Cheesecake, what are your thoughts? I mean, I could see um, keeping hey, her. He, he actually cheesecake. I got breaking news, man. I know this is What's a basketball that? podcast, but. First quarter, there's three minutes left in the game. Who do you think? What do you think's the score of the Cleveland Pittsburgh game right now? Three minutes left in the first quarter. Yeah, we'll edit this part out. <laughs> it's got. Yeah, be. yeah, we'll edit it out. It's fourteen zero Pittsburgh, right? It is twenty-one nothing Cleveland. Wow. This they're going to need, need a Patrick Mahomes. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, cheesecake. Go ahead. We'll edit that out. <laughs> Go ahead, cheesecake. So Ke- I think the Hawks are kind of a mess, but I think I think there's there's some some situations where you would keep Kevin Herter. He's still shooting about six threes a game, making still making forty percent. He also is a secondary playmaker for him. Three and a half, four assists a game. That's more than just some chip in assists, actually. So if you're if you're needing some guard play to get you some three pointers, I could see rostering him. But he is pretty, you know, pretty limited. He doesn't really have a carrying stat beyond that three-point shot. Yeah, and I'm I'm staying base with that theme here. I think if you're in a head-to-head points league and you need three pointers made or three-point percentage, you're looking at Kevin Herter. Doesn't put up enough counting stats otherwise to really contribute in any other formats. Last two I want to touch on: uh, Kemba Walker, who is now first cleared for contact. Cheesecake, I'm starting with you. Are you picking him up? Are you keeping him? Are you looking to sell him? What are you doing with Kemba? I mean, you've waited this long. You you might as well get the production that he's going to give you this season. That's what I say about Kemba. You know, who know if he comes back and he's most of the player he was, that's a really efficient, a really effective player on your fantasy team. You've waited this long. 
what are you going to do? Drop them now. That's, that's, that's like a it's pissing away your investment, I think. Okay. Very well put. Uh, Brad, what about you? What are you doing with Kemba? Yeah, he's not going to be back to his normal minutes load until maybe the middle of the season, probably. And with Tatum and Brown hitting on all cylinders and Pritchard playing well, I don't think he's worth the stress or roster spot. He's not somebody I had on my radar to begin with or drafted. So, um, but to, to Cheesecake's point, like if you already have him, that's kind of a sunk cost. Like there's nothing to do but keep him. Okay. Coach, you feeling the same way? Coach is muted and he doesn't know it right now. If you have if you have three IR spots and he's on one of them and and it's not a back and forth, I mean, yeah, you you, you hold on to him, you let him come back, you let him kind of play in that IR spot before moving him up. Maybe you don't have an ad drop to make at the very moment because he is going to be on a minute restrictions, as uh, Brad say, stated. If he's healthy, he's gonna he's gonna produce, and uh, it looks like he'll he'll be back sometime in January. So. You know, if he was already on your on your team and he's on IR, you know, I would I would be excited for you know playoff time, Kimba. Yeah, I, I would try to trade him. I don't even think I'd continue keeping him, or I wouldn't have even had him in the first place. Um, he's he is going to have a minutes restriction when they come back. It's also it looks like it's Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's, Tatum's team. I think we all expected Jason Tatum to step up. I don't think many of us. Uh, envisioned Jalen Brown having the start to the season that he's had. I think it is their team and Kemba is going to be a clear third option, even though he's bringing the ball up when he returns. Last person, and Brad, I'm starting with you on this guy, your baby boy, Devontae Graham, Mr. Max Contract ah. himself. What are you doing with him? <laughs> man, you said it, man. He's one of my baby boys, man. He had a breakout year last year and now with Melo coming on and Scary Terry as a bona fide scorer alongside Gordon Hayward. I don't see a place for him in this offense anymore. It's why I hated Melo going there in the first place. But he's there, and I think it makes sense to drop or trade him because it would be hard to to really anticipate him coming out of this. He just doesn't have the shots and the usage rate that he once had. Wow, that is a big thing for Brad. James, so, uh, I, know, I, know, I know you're waiting to rub it in and say, I told you. I just I don't know how many max players you're cutting in in fantasy leagues uh, <laughs> max contract plays. I remember when you said it, I was like, he's about the same height as myself. He's six um, one. But I'm 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 buying low on him. Give me give me Devonte Graham all you can wow. get. Um, I own him in multiple leagues. Um, he's still averaging six point five assists, which I mean I think that's probably top 15, top 20 in the league, clearly top 15. Um, he, he, he almost averages two steals a game. He's still good for a 2.5 threes a game, although he's shooting a abysmal 26%. I'm looking for him to get out of that. They told him to shoot out of his slump. He's still starting. They're still reluctant on the whole LaMelo put him in the starting lineup. It's actually working for him coming off the bench. And he's putting him up there. He's he's averaging 11.5 shots a game. So, yeah, he's not making anything. And in all of my leagues, I'm losing field goal percentage every single week because of him. I mean, he is one, in, one for 10, one for 10, uh, yeah. two for 13. But he still hits threes. And then he gets to the free throw line, and, he, and then he makes his free throws when he gets there. So give me his assists. Give me his steals. Give me his threes. Coach. 
free throw percentage, all of that. I'll take it. I will say one thing that's different. Like, it's not like he's just shooting shots and missing open shots. Like, if it was that, I'd be happy to just expect him to shoot out of a slump. But this is different in that he's no longer the focal point of the offense. He was that last year. So he was getting plays run for him. People are, you know, setting double screens that he can come around and pop a shot on. It's not that anymore. That's for Gordon Hayward. That's for, you know, Scary Terry. It's it's just he's getting tougher shots. So I think that's playing a big role in why he's shooting so poorly. He's still getting used highs. He's still shooting a lot. Like, like it's not like he's not – like, he, he made a total drop-off. Last year he was averaging 11.8 or 15 shots a game. He's down to, like, nearly 12. So, like, yeah, that's down three and a half shots yeah. a game. But he's still, he's still getting his opportunities. He's still starting. And I think he's just a good enough player that he's going to come out of this. Gordon's smart. LaMelo is – he passes the ball well. Like, I, I don't yeah. think that it's like, uh, okay, like, you, you can't, like, shoot anymore. <laughs> he's just not making his shots. He's in a funk. He's in a deep, deep, deep funk, and we've seen this before. I want to go to Cheesecake on this because I've seen him doing a lot of nodding to both points, and I think you guys both bring up great points. But I'm interested to hear in the direction he's going. Now, I, I did want to point out that I, I like how Graham has actually started trying to get to the line a little bit more the last few games to try and augment his scoring. He's not hitting his shots, but he's been uh, 15 out of 16 his last two games from the line. Eight to, eight, eight attempts per game, That that's not nothing to sneeze at. If he's starting to, to try and attack a little more because he's not shooting as well, he could still be putting up, putting up points. He scored uh, around 15 a game for his last three games until last night when he put up nine, but he went nine, seven, and five, nine, 9.7 assists, five rebounds. He actually, he actually helps you in. He's not a nothing rebounder for a point guard either. I, I, I really like his production. I think he's a good baller who's, who's learning how to adjust his game when, when, uh, when his shot's not falling right now. So yeah, I, I keep him. Okay. Well, I'm going to play tiebreaker on here. I'm with Brad. I, I think he's somebody that you dump for now. I think Charlotte has changed the kind of structure of their team last year. I think Brad was right where they did run a lot of plays for him, but you took on Gordon Hayward. You drafted LaMelo Ball. Both have shown to be talented players. Devontae Graham, is that a little bit of a disadvantage based on his lack of height in NBA terms? Um, so, I, but it, it's good. I, he's somebody that I chose to end on because I think that it could go either way. He's kind of that fringe player. Um, but great discussion, everyone. We want to transition to our question of the week, sponsored by none other than Shady Rays. So, fellas, I'm a very proactive person, and it really bothers my girlfriend. I don't know why. I thought women like people who planned. But I'm always thinking ahead, and the days are getting longer. We're going to be coming up on summertime soon, and that means you're going to need some protection for your eyes. And what better way than Shady Rays? They got you covered when you're doing activities, hiking, doing RV stuff, camping, Whatever you'd want to do with your sunglasses, playing around with them, tossing them back and forth like it's a football. They got you covered because if anything happens, they're going to replace those bad boys. They're stylish. They may allow you to pick up someone for those people that are single right now. Take everything I said and then keep in mind that they donate 10 meals for each pair bought. They've done 13 million to date. 
Use the code TRIPLEPLAY at ShadyRays.com for 25% off your order. This applies to everything besides the RX series. Be proactive like me, drive your girlfriend crazy, and buy a pair of Shady Rays today. Our question of the week is, which current or former or former player do you think will make the best coach? Cheesecake, you're the guest for this show. I want to start with you. Where's your mind taking you? My mind went first to a guy who went to try and pay his dues to become a coach in the NBA, went and coached in the G League, won a G League championship. That's Jerry Stackhouse. I think Jerry's coaching in the WNBA right now. So props to that, props to him. But, you know, he 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 had the goal of of coaching in the NBA, and he went out, went through, uh, grinded, you know, paid his dues. That's the type of thing, you know, pro, you know, props to Nash, props to Jay Kidd for getting jobs without really, really earning their stripes. But I like it, a guy who earns his stripes. Jerry Stackhouse is someone I hope gets a chance in the future. Art, you win this podcast for referencing Jerry Stackhouse. I think we are all huge fans of him. Underrated score that not awesome. a lot of people talk about. He's the current coach of Vanderbilt men's basketball team, by the way. Ooh. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right. Okay, then, then that's a great pick. Definitely maybe a, a hot name in the next couple of years if he has some success with the team. Coach, who are you going? I, my mind immediately went to this savant of a basketball player named Rajon. Rondo, so he's 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 always been the the point guard, which is said to be the coach on the floor. Um, he's a bona fide Hall, Hall of Famer, if you ask me. And his head coach mentality is one of the smartest IQ players that I ever witnessed. Um, he has learned under Doc Rivers, and has been able to mesh, earn respect with so many great players. Whether that's uh, being a young guy playing with Paul Pierce and KD, or playing with LeBron and AD. Um, he isn't afraid to call out players, to call out coaches uh, for his beliefs, and he's always been a winner. Uh, playoff Rondo is a thing, and if I'm a GM and a team, I want him coaching my guys on the sidelines. So Rajon Rondo gets my stamp of approval from coach. I mean, he certainly follows the point guard mold that we see Nash and Kidd have, even Mark Jackson being coaches. Brad, who's your answer? Before I answer, I just want to let you guys know, Lonnie Walker has 22 points at the half. Well, oh, and we said I'll drop down on his name. He's giving a finger to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Lonnie, crazy. keep falling out. Keep falling how, many, out. how many threes got, is that, right? Because he can't have a bunch of two threes. He's got two threes. Just so running the court. It up. Yep, he's putting it up right now. Wow. So uh, my pick is uh, I think Gilbert Arenas would make the best coach. So you hear him on his podcast and how he evaluates talent and knows the best way to let players develop. He's taught me a lot simply by just listening to him. And then I read just recently that LeBron wanted him to give notes and train Bronny, which speaks volumes to me. A guy with LeBron's IQ respects what Gil brings to the table that much. I love it. It would never happen, but I'd swap Scott Brooks for Gilbert Arenas right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you first said that, I'm thinking Gilbert's a really immature guy. Do you want that of the head coach? But as someone that follows him on social media and listens to his podcast, he's a brilliant basketball mind. He knows the X's and O's about as well as any player. For mine, I'm going Alex Caruso. And a very young, a very young guy right now, but talking about he's playing with LeBron Davis or LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He's someone that he does the small things on the court. He's calling out screens. He's diving after loose balls. He's not worried about his stats. 
there was a video over either last summer or the summer before where people are approaching him and asking for his autograph. And he's kind of like, I'm just a normal guy. I think he's very humble. And I think that's what you're looking for in a coach because a lot of these are former players or people in office experience that have egos that want to be the man. And it's a player driven league. And I think Alex Crusoe would know that being in that position. Um, Hopefully he has a long career ahead of himself, but maybe in 20 years we see him in that pool, but great discussion, gentlemen. We will get to our question of the week right after this short break. Game of the week will be hosted by none other than Tony Bradley Kilgore. Brad Stradamus, what are we playing? We're playing a game of who had more. So I'm going to compare five different pairs of players. You tell me who had more of a particular stat, and we'll go around the horn. We're going to do it the same order each time. So the first one will be Doc, then we'll do Coach, then we'll do LC. So one point if you get it right, and you get an additional point if you guess the nearest round number correctly. Okay. All right. So for our first pair, we've got Jordan or LeBron, who averaged more points per game in their rookie year. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Jordan. And what do I have to do for the second part? Say how many points he averaged? Right. Jordan, I'm going to say... 18.6. I'm going to go Jordan, uh, 28.6. Uh, coach is pretty close. I think Jordan averaged 28. I'm going to say 28.5 just in case it's a little bit lower. It might be, it might be more, but he averaged around 28. All right, so you guys only need to do the whole number, but I'll, I'll so you all are right. It's Jordan, and he averaged twenty eight point five on the mark. But uh, I'm gonna give it to uh, LC. So twenty eight, and uh, LeBron had twenty one. So Jordan wins. You all get one point, and LC gets two. Wow, I said twenty eight point six, and yeah, <laughs> okay. way off. No, that's cool. <laughs> So, uh, all right. You next one. Point, cheesecake. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> next all one right. is I'll take it. Magic, Magic Johnson or Steve Nash, who averaged more assists over their entire career? Starting with me again? Yep, same way every time. All right, I'm going Nash, and I'm going 11. I'm, I'm going to go um, Irvin. Irvin Magic Johnson, and um, give me, for his career, 10.6. Uh, it's it's Magic around, and it's around 11. That's two points again for LC, one for Coach. It was Magic with 11. 10.6, round it up. That's 11, right? Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you both that. Two for both of y'all. Right. Why do you have me going first each time? Do you want me to lose? <laughs> nah, it's it's all good. You've you've had you've had a couple of wins recently. I gotta knock you down a few pegs. I know that's why you did this. <laughs> I've been for, I've been first for him the whole time too before. So it has happened to me. All right, next one up. Ray Allen or Steph Curry? Who has a better three point percentage for their career? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ray Allen. I'm gonna go forty one percent.
I'm going to go uh, a Curry with the same clip, the 41%. I go Curry with 42. The answer is Curry with 43. So LC and Coach get one. Man, I was going to go that. All right, I have no chance of winning, but well, let's just keep rolling. We got two more. We got two more. Next one up, Dikembe Mutombo or Miles Turner? Who averaged more blocks per game in their career? Miles Turner is a dog. When it comes to blocking shots, I'm going Miles Turner 2.6. That's, I think, so my my first thought is to say Dikembe because um, he has way more blocks, but like he did, he did have some years at the end there where like he wasn't playing too, too many minutes. He was just a statue at the end. (sighs) So I, I, I got to have to say, uh, and why would you bring up Miles Turner? I know he had eight blocks the other day. It's got to be Miles. This is weird. I'll go Miles with three. No, no, no. He's oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we got to isolate that. We got to make that part of the intro. Art, Art does voices for his kids. So does- we, I knew that was in the chamber. Impersonations. <laughs> Dikembe, I'm going to say two for Dikembe, two per game. I bet Miles is under two. So, Elsie, you get one. Matembo had three over Miles Turner's two. That's incredible. Three blocks a game. He played a a long time in the league. I think he led the league like six times in blocks. But, I mean, probably that's off the top. I don't know. All right, last one. Phil Jackson or Pat Riley, who had more wins as a coach? Got to be Phil Jackson. And I'm going that he has 50 more wins than Pat Riley. But I need the number. All right. He's going to have 1,182 career wins. Wow. Oh, sorry. Uh, they, it's uh, It's got to be Phil Jackson, although he hasn't been around as long as Pat. Pat's been in other positions, whether it's president of basketball ops. No, I'm, just, so, I'm just counting head coach. So give me give me head coach, uh Phil Jackson. And man, good. Put me at uh twelve hundred. Yeah, it's Jackson and I'm gonna say eleven hundred. Zero for all of y'all. Pat Riley with twelve hundred and ten to uh what? Phil Jackson's eleven fifty-five. Wow. Well, at least I was close on Phil Jackson, but fitting that we all end on a goose egg. LC, his first appearance on the basketball pod and equals a first career win. 15 seconds to FaceTime. Go ahead. Man, just thank you guys for, for letting me come on here, talk hoops with you guys. I always love talking hoops. Been talking talking with Doc for 10 years, uh, you know, family gatherings and such. So uh, it feels like it feels like a pretty comfortable spot for me. Just uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, of course. And if you like hearing Cheesecake's voice, you can check him out on the baseball show that we have. Great show today, fellas. We will be discussing more fantasy topics in the upcoming weeks. We also have a couple interviews upcoming with Scott Pollard and Len Elmore, hopefully on the books. So make sure you tune in for those. As always, stay safe, enjoy basketball while we have it, and take care.